why I give the opportunity for things to get away, I have no idea. <laughs> Acts chapter 1. <laughs> Brother Ron, Brother Huntington, Brother Akamani, I'll tell you something that's the truth. This church, if you look in the paperwork, was founded, you know, before I came obviously, but it was originally the founding date was April 1st. Wow. And that explains most of what you know. In our scripture reading tonight, you're going to encounter some words which your mind will be benefited to be prepared to understand in their Bible context. Let me give you these and let these be in your mind. And then we're just going to read through the passage here. One is the word Theophilus. We're going to encounter that right away. It means lover of God. Theos, philos, lover of God. I believe that it was written to a person, had that name, but it is also applicable to all who are lovers of God. And I say this with sincerity. I trust that that would be you tonight, that you love God. And uh, He's worthy of loving, I'll assure you. Then you're going to see this little phrase, His passion. That is a direct reference to the crucifixion, the bloody and torturous crucifixion of Jesus Christ and His glorious resurrection afterwards. That's His passion showing in there. So it's referring to that. And then you're going to see the word infallible, which means without flaw or without error. So with these things fixed in our mind, let's look at the passage beginning in Acts chapter 1. It says, The former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach, until the day in which He was taken up, after that He, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom He had chosen, to whom also He showed Himself alive after His passion, by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It's not for you to know the times nor the, or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, You men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen Him go into heaven. This commandment and trust was given by Jesus to the apostles. And then, through the apostles to us. 
Jude chapter 1 and verse 3 explains this thing with unmistakable words. Listen to this. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith once, which was once delivered unto the saints. If we embrace the same faith, then we must accept the same responsibility. With that understanding, I want to speak to you this evening on this subject, the personal of personal soul winning. The personal of personal soul winning. Would you pray with me? Would you not talk to your neighbor or kind of slyly look around as if the preacher couldn't see you do it? Would you pray? Would you be a part of helping this service be pleasing to Christ? You'll be glad you did. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your kindness. Thank You for who You are. Help us to take seriously the Word of God tonight, I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. The term personal soul winning has been used for many years. How many of you have ever heard that term? Okay, Many of you have. I'm from a lot of different backgrounds here. It's a good term. It's also highly accurate if it's thought through and applied properly. But let me first talk to you about what soul winning is. All right? Um, you say, okay, preacher, we know that. <clears throat> let me talk to you about it a minute. We have a soul. Brother, brother uh, Trey, did you bring your soul with you tonight? Uh, bring, bring it up here, all right? And... Uh, <clears throat> The Bible says about Jonathan and David, it said that when they were done conversing or they were done speaking, that their soul of David was knit with Jonathan. And the soul, you want to put really specific things on it, it's defining it, it's pretty well a lifetime study. But we know it involves the intellect. We know it involves the emotion. We know it involves the will, what we often call our heart. But we also know that the soul is the way in which we communicate one with another. That we, we would talk to each other. Brother Trey and I were talking and hadn't known each other before. Maybe we were talking. We would probably quickly find out we were both believers. That's the sort of thing. How many of you have had that kind of experience? You meet somebody, you know, right away you find out. Have you ever met somebody with, you say, boy, we hit it off. Or you click just, just like that. You ever done that? Somebody we click immediately. Have you ever met anybody you clacked with? I've had a few of those. Yeah, oh, that's not good. I'd rather click and clack. But <laughs> so, if the soul and what we have this inside of us and this communicates, this is not the entirety of what it is. You understand from the scripture, but it's it's person to person, man to man. That's what the soul does. My spirit communicates with God, and there's more to it also. And you try to parse out those two things, you're not going to be able to do it because they're the, the, the overlap on soul winning is a good term. Uh, I'm somebody who's not going to abandon that term just because, <laughs> again, every generation does it. And I've seen enough of them now. Some people get their nose bent out of joint and say, oh, that's not real spiritual because you're not the one converting them. I didn't say I go soul converting. I go soul winning. Sometimes we'll use this phrase. Hopefully it's an expression of happiness, rejoicing. We'll say, I got to lead a soul to Christ. Now, that is actually a very good term for understanding. Because the Bible says, the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. He that winneth souls is wise. He that winneth souls is wise. That's Bible. Uh, Proverbs 11.30. He that winneth souls is wise. And the fruit of the righteous is a tree of life. So when I go soul winning, I'm going out, and if I'm meeting Trey, 
I'm trying to talk to him so that I may have opportunity to take him and introduce him to Jesus Christ. I cannot convert him. I cannot, I cannot cause his spirit to be resurrected. That's the power of the gospel and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But I am going out soul winning. This is vital to understand this. And, and, and this message is vital for us to understand for soul winning. I am trying to talk to him so that I may have the, the uh, privilege and he may give me the opportunity to tell him about Jesus Christ. We were over at the pumpkin show passing out tracks doing the track attack. And I'm walking back in. I think it was the second time after I met you all out there. And I was going in on that left-hand side going in the main drag. And there was a whole family behind this uh, little, it looked like, I don't know for sure, it was wrought iron, but an iron-type fence uh, there and uh, an old house. And they were all up on this porch. And, and I couldn't reach them with the track. They were kind of probably about, for me, the Sister Brittany here distance. And there was a sign on that iron gate going into the yard that said, no trespassing. And so there's a bunch of them there. They're talking. And I'm walking like I'm on towards the pumpkin show. And I stopped and I said, hey, just like that. They looked up. I looked at the biggest one. You always, hey, look, let me, tell, let me tell you something about redneck soul winning. Always go for the biggest one first. Okay? <laughs> That's important. Don't talk to the woman first. They get hostile about that. Talk to the fellow, all right? And then he'll grunt at you and then you give something to the woman. But I said, hey. That fellow looked up at me. I said, invite me in. He said, excuse me? I said, invite me in. He said, what are you talking about? I said, it says no trespassing, but if you invite me in, I'm not trespassing. So invite me in. He looked at me and gave me a half grin. He goes, come in. And so he wanted to see what kind of crazy this was. Got in there and got talked to him. Well, what happens is I'm going out in personal soul winning. I am trying to get the permission from him to introduce him to somebody. I am not trying to sell him something. I am not trying to force him to something. I am trying to persuade. That's Bible. That is Bible terminology. I am so speaking that I'm seeking to persuade him. But here's the thing about it. I am trying to win soul. Now, stay with me very closely on this first part. Some people have taken that truth and they go to a point where that doesn't go and they say, well, I'm just going to buddy-buddy and hope he sees something. Now, please... Please stay with me. One thing that trying to be a witness does is compels us to more and more dependence on the Spirit of God. Because I'm dealing with an individual. If I'm dealing with Brother Trey. If it's Brother Carpenter and I meet him first time, I'm dealing with a different individual who may respond differently than him. Or Brother John, I'm dealing with a different individual who respond differently than him. And the thing of it is, I have to have guidance to know. Maybe I'm talking to this fella, and uh, uh, as I'm talking to him, I realize right away, uh, I step another step further. He's going to be bowed up at me saying, hey, you know, far enough, too far. What good am I doing at that point? And I'm telling you, we have to have God's guidance to do this thing the right way. I had to think of a fella, he, uh, one time talking to a guy, he was doing this number. I was talking to him. And he's like, I'm not really, not really, not really interested. I said, all right. And I said, well, I appreciate the chance to talk to you. I started moving away and he kept moving with me. Well, you know, I just don't talk about this stuff much. I understand. And I don't. And he just kept following me. What was he telling me? I want to hear, but I don't. And so I did. So I talked to him. 
Can't walk and see how far he'd follow me. No. Um, so soul winning, I'm trying to win this soul, not to me to be a winsome personality and not a great guy, but I'm trying to win that soul's confidence. And you understand, sometimes you just have a very brief moment, you have something you give somebody, and that's all legitimate, that's all good to do. But when I have a chance to talk to somebody, I'm trying to win his soul, to bring his soul to a point where we can have a conversation and I can say, let me tell you, Trey, uh, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. And I'm going to develop this more later, but I, I'm, I'm here to be a witness unto Christ. I'm not here to analyze Him. And I'll leave that there because I'm going to deal with it more in a moment. So do we get an idea of what soul winning is? I am trying to win His soul to a position where I can then tell Him about my Savior, Jesus Christ. That's why if we are looking to follow the Lord and be consistent in our living, like uh, Brother Watts on Saturday morning preached on integrity with soul winning. Oh my goodness, was it tremendous. But if we are trying to live that way, that's why sometimes your work situations or uh, places that you frequent often and that sort of thing, sometimes you will have some very good, strong soul winning opportunities because you have an opportunity, their soul, they say, okay, I'm going to talk to you and you can talk to them about Christ with that. Brother Trey, thank you. And so what happens is the term personal soul winning is a good term. Listen to this statement. The most fundamental thing to keep in mind about personal soul winning is it is about a person, Jesus Christ. The phrase in Acts 1.8 is, He said, and you shall be witnesses unto... What's the word? Me. Not a process. Not a plan. Not a creed. Not a sacrament. But a person, Jesus Christ. Now, I'll hit that more later. There are three aspects at least to personal soul winning and the personal of personal soul winning. Number one, it's the personal responsibility we have to this privilege and this responsibility. <laughs> Corporately, we can rejoice when those girls got baptized this morning. We rejoice here about someone getting saved. But I have a personal responsibility to be available to my Savior to speak on His behalf to people whenever I have the opportunity and whenever the door opens for me to do so. I'm supposed to be uh, functionally aware of looking for opportunity. I'm supposed to be uh, seeking opportunity. I am supposed to be cognizant of the fact that I will have times when I can. And what am I doing? It's personal. I want to take it Personally, I want to take the fact of the over 40,000 people that live in the city limits of Lancaster, Ohio, or within the mailing of Lancaster, Ohio, I want to take it personal that they need to have a witness about Jesus Christ. I don't want to, as the pastor, to say our church needs to reach. And our church has been to all these places. I personally want to make sure that I'm getting the gospel to as many people as I can get the gospel to. Not because I'm a preacher. Not because I'm a pastor of this church. Not trying to build up this church. But because as a Christian man, I am glad that someone came out to a hayfield outside of Middletown, Ohio and started talking to me about Jesus Christ. I'm glad someone left the gospel track at the Dayton Mall when it first opened for business and I read that thing. I'm glad other people took it personal and I want to take it personal. 
there's a personal privilege to it. There are people that I'll get to talk to where I will be able to talk to them and they'll listen to me that someone else can't. <laughs> Being a preacher is a two-edged sword when it comes to the soul winning. Tell you what I mean by that. I'll be talking to people and they'll look at me and they'll say, what do you do? And I'll be, we'll be in the context of starting to you know, witness somebody looking to, what do you do? Well, I pastor Lighthouse Baptist Church. There is very few middle-of-the-road reaction to that. If you watch people's eyes and they talk to them stuff, it's like this. And there's one word with two different voice inflections on it that will tell you what you get if you're a pastor. Talking to somebody and start talking about, them. what do you do? Well, I'm pastor of Lighthouse Baptist Church. Oh! And I have a, I have a, a uh, advantage at that point because, oh, it's a pastor. He probably knows I come. And, and, and I'm going to Here's the other one. Oh. <laughs> and it's according to whether it's oh or oh. <laughs> you just take it and go from there. Yeah? But I have a personal responsibility. Listen. Let me help you. Let me help you not dread what God has given you to be a joyful thing that is right at the center of what Christ was talking about when He said, Come unto Me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take My yoke upon you and learn of Me. For I am meek and lowly of spirit, and you shall find rest unto your souls. This thing of being a witness for Christ, this thing of being a soul winner, is right at the center of that. But yet it's become a thing of dread for some people because it's been seen as a production thing. It's been more of a sales type thing. It's been that sort of an approach. Instead of realizing, listen carefully to this please. There are people in this town, and this is not a fatalistic statement, this is not a negative type statement, it's reality of the thing. There are people in this town who will never listen to me. Not just because I won't get to them. Certainly there are plenty of people like that. But there are some people who, upon meeting me, are not going to listen to me. I remember one fellow I started witness to, and he said, I'm not interested. That annoys me. And I have to, I'm being honest with you, I have to be real careful, I'm so winning, because statements that, as far as logic go, are stupid, bother me. Unless I'm making them. <laughs> and somebody say I'm not interested before you've even said anything to them bothers me on a logic scale and I try not to respond I, I hope I wasn't too curt with it but this fellow said I'm not interested and he just, I just walked up talked to him like I knocked on his door or something like that and uh, I said not interested in what? I, to me, that's a logical question. Not interested in what? I remember, he looked at me, well, let's see, he goes, not interested in anything you have to say. <laughs> I thought, that covers all the bases. <laughs> <laughs> he had the right to. Didn't know, he had no reason he had to listen to me. He's under no obligation to do that. He didn't ask me to come talk to him. But there are some people, it's just not going to happen. Some people, it's just, they're not going to listen. But those may be people you talk to. Right. 
And you don't have to strive at this in the sense of ah, trying to make it happen. You have to work at it. But you don't have to strive at it. You'd be amazed if we had our eyes open the opportunities that come to us and the chances we have to do good for God. I like there was an old timey saying that used to I used to hear some, and I don't know if it was just more in the region we grew up or if it was more widespread, but uh, sometimes people who were witnesses, I'm talking about people who actually did witness, they'd say, well, I just tried to say a good word for Jesus. I used to hear that phrase some early in my Christianity. I always liked that because I thought, well, that's, that's really good. You just that, that catches what soul winning is. Let me tell you something good about Him. Let me tell you about somebody I met. Let me tell you about somebody who's helpful. I started doing a little thing, and, and actually Luke's the one who gave me uh, some information. I started doing a little thing uh, for my knees. My one knee, I ripped everything out of this knee in wrestling many years ago and didn't go have surgery because in the late 70s, if you had surgery on your knee, <laughs> it was over. And uh, that, that was it, so I just didn't go. I'm, I'm many, many years late for my surgery. And, and so every now and then it started giving me trouble, and he told me about a certain thing, and I started looking at it, just some very simple things that strengthen the knee and and I guess that's been a tool for some people to avoid knee surgery and all that sort of thing. I've probably told three different people who are starting to have real trouble with their knees said, check this out. There's you know, some things in it that's kind of rapid fire, so it's a little hard to follow. You've got to kind of slow it down. I said, but there are just some basic things that you can do. What happened? I found something. I started applying a couple of these things, and I noticed the difference. It, it's helped me, and so it's natural for me. I see somebody else, they've got this going, and say, hey, you might want to try this, and that sort of thing. And people are interested in that. If we could have that same spirit whenever we're talking to people that we're so willing, and just be saying, let me tell you about something that's wonderful, let me tell you about Jesus Christ. Sometimes on witness, I'll tell people, I don't know how much you know about the Lord or not. But let me tell you about why He came. Let me tell you who He is. Let me tell you what the Bible reveals about Him. You see what I'm saying? I'm not combative with them. I'm not fighting with them. I'm telling them about somebody wonderful. If they look at me and say, I really don't want to hear any of this, then I'm not happy about that. I try to go as far as I can. At that time, I pull out a gospel track and say, all right, I respect the fact, you know, uh, we're talking with that. If you wouldn't mind, I'd just like to leave you some Bible verses and you can, you can decide. That one fellow who is head of the trauma up at OSU Hospital, his first name is Michael, his doctor had been head of trauma up there for a good while. And he was out in that little pavilion area when you first pull in the main, coming into the main hospital area and they have all the tables and stuff out there and we've been up in there. He was sitting out there and I walked past him. I was giving out uh, blessed crosses and tracks as I'm making a visit and I'm coming out. And I walked past him and he was seriously a uh, uh, distinguished looking fellow and had his white coat on. And I walked past him and suddenly beside me he said, did you just pass him because he looks official? And I went up, and I tried to ignore it. I did, I'm sorry, I just did. And I got up, waiting to go across, I'm going to go over to the parking garage runs. And it came to my mind again and said, did you just pass him by because he looks intimidating? And I said out loud, I sure did. <laughs> and I'm not getting out of this. And I went back and sat down. I said, excuse me, I sat down. And he was sitting there, and we get talking. Found out, you know, what he did. Talked to him about how long he had been the head over all the trauma and intake trauma. And, and, I, and I'm talking to him, and uh, I said, uh, here, I want to give you something. And I had, and I had a jacket on, I, and I pulled out, and I said, I started showing him about blessed process. And he got a little bit of a bemused type smile, looked at it a little bit, and, and uh, he said, no, he said, uh, he said uh, Pastor, he said, because he asked me what I did, and he said, uh, he said, I appreciate what you're trying to do. And he says, 
but you really need to give this to somebody else. And I slid it back. I said, maybe not. And he looked at me and I said, have you ever read and studied the Bible? He goes, that's quite a fact, no. I said, a man doesn't get to your level of life by not being a thorough student and weighing evidence and checking things. And he stopped. He said, that's true. I said, then the issue about God, don't you think you should at least give it a research and check evidence? He took it and he looked at me and he said, I'll take the challenge. I'll do that. And he took it. Now, look, what is it? Personal responsibility. Personal responsibility. Not fighting, not arguing, but looking to talk. Then, what is the personal, personal soul winning? Not only a personal responsibility that we show to the privilege. Hey, look, I got to represent and act as an ambassador for Jesus Christ to that doctor in the middle of his busy day and put uh, some verses from the Word of God in his hand. That is a privilege. And by the way, it's also a privilege if it's somebody who's destitute and homeless and broken. It's a privilege to be an ambassador for the King of Kings. Then the personal is the person we are speaking to. The most grotesque missing of this can be illustrated with something that saw actually happen. Forgive me, the relationship between the two people may not have been a grandmother, it may have been a different relative, but it was it was along this line. As with someone, we're talking people, and in this case we were going to an area, just going door to door, meeting people, talking to people who were outside, whatever. And this person knocked on the door, someone came to the door, and they introduced themselves and gave their names and were out here. And uh, that person kind of stopped and said, Wow, that's amazing. And again, I, forgive me, I don't know if the relationship's exactly right on this. They said, I just lost my grandmother this week. I was shocked, almost to a point of not saying anything for a second. When the person, and it's not somebody didn't care about people, but they're just, they were focused on trying, it was almost like trying to sell something. They said, and, and I'm not saying their motive was bad, they just, they missed the fact there was a hurting person standing in front of them. And they just said, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Let me ask you this question. If you were to, yeah. and I'm thinking, whoa, did you just do that? And I paused for a second. And then I interjected myself into it. I said, hold on just a second. I said, hold on. Hold on. Um, I said, uh, your grandmother? Yeah. Wow. What was her name? She had a name. Told me. Sounds like y'all were close. I was. You know, sometimes it's an uncle or aunt. And you say, oh, but that person may be closer to them than, or as close as your parent if your parents were close. Wow, what happened? You see what I'm saying? And that person was already saying, oh, that's interesting because they're hurting. They just lost somebody. And all of a sudden there's somebody coming to visit them that represents a Bible and a church and such. Maybe they're just looking for somebody who cared enough right. about the person they were talking to. Yeah. I, I'm not, I'm not going to run a hundred mile an hour and pass by everybody 
that I'm talking to and act like they're just targets I'm trying to get to. I want to see who the people are that God wants me to actually care about as I tell them about the Lord. Now you understand. You have situations where you have just a moment. You have situations where it's quick. You have situations... Don't miss those. Scatter the seed. I'm not trying to complicate so and I'm not trying to say you have to have a perfect setting. But I'm saying let's have sense enough to look at a person. Young man, one of the parts here in town, several years ago, I was talking to him, and he's very belligerent. As I was talking to him, he's one of those deals where he's belligerent, kind of trying to run you off, but like he didn't want you to go away. And man, don't, don't, don't play at this stuff unless you just have a direct, you are sure where you're being led. And uh, he was talking about how he didn't believe there was a God, and he was just very belligerent about everything. But at the same time, he just kept talking. So I thought, well, hey, something else about this. Like he went cuss me and stuff, maybe just. You know, like this. And I looked at him. I looked at his eyes. And he's telling me, and he paused. And I said, who abused you? And he, I still remember, he just went like that. He's probably 17, 18 years old. And he looked down, he looked up, and he said, my uncle, for years. Grit his teeth. He said, how'd you know? I said, I didn't. But somebody did that cares about you. Don't you go play around with stuff. I don't just throw stuff like that out. I mean, I've sold with her for 42 years. That's the only time I've done said something somebody like that. And I, I tell you too, I was brother Ron, I was a little scared to say it, but it was like strong. You know what? We were able to talk. So did you lead him to Christ? No, but I consider a major victory. I got to tell him thoroughly about. It was so funny. He was into the punk music at the time, and it's when people were painting themselves black and everything. I don't know. You remember when they used to be the gothic? Everybody came, did so many of them get run over at night that they quit doing it or what? It kind of changed. I'm not sure. But anyway, they, uh, um, but it was one of those type of deals, and he was talking about, he goes, oh, man, he goes, you folks are so judgmental, and you're a church, man. If I came in like this, blah, 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 blah. And he said, I bet your people would react to me. I said, I bet they would, son. I told him, I said, you look like you went down to Slater's and been bobbing in the, in the hardware box. I said, come on. I mean, we're talking this way after we're talking a lot. He goes, yeah, he goes, but they'd be looking at me funny. I said, okay, hold on. I'm not letting you off on this. I said, suppose I went to one of your concerts. Give me a name of some of your things. He told me. I said, suppose I walked up on the platform in the middle when they took a break between sets or something. And I walked up in there dressed like this, and I was just, I had like a jacket on and a suit, you know, not a suit jacket, but just, you know, a shirt tie. And I said, if I walked in dressed like this, hey, I want to talk to you for a minute. I said, what would happen? He goes, they'd kill you. <laughs> and I said, you bunch of judgmental, narrow minded, bigoted. He sat back, we were by his hook, he said, sit back, swing, start swinging. He goes, <laughs> he goes, I guess that's right. I said, you better believe it's right. So since we all are that way, why don't we talk about the one who can save any of us? You're messed up. I'm messed up. We need the Lord. <laughs> personal. A personal soul. Personal. You're talking to a person. You're not talking to a number. You're not talking to a prospect. You're not talking to a potential convert. You're talking to a person who he cares about, who's made in the image of God, who needs somebody to slow down in their busy life and tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. May God help us to do this right. 
So we have the personal personal responsibility. We have personal of the person to whom we are speaking. Let's be respectful. Let's be clear, unambiguous in our speech, direct and simple in our words. I was thinking again with Brother Cox here. I've told you enough about it before, but that young couple that was sitting down here just over the hill in the car, and the boy just taking comparative religion at OU. Hey, Brother Cox walked up and wanted to talk to him. Hey, my name's Daryl Cox. I'm from Moxville, North Carolina. Brother Manny here's got a good church just up over the hill. He says, I'd like to talk to you a little bit about Jesus. That's how he said that. Brother Cox, he's talking to him. And he's the kindliest looking man. You look at his eyes and stuff. He just kind of... And that boy looked at the girl and then the young college guy. And man, he starts rattling off all kinds of... Well, we're not sure that we can know for certain the, uh, what even is the existence of the soul. And he just started all this stuff. And I'm sitting there going, hmm. And I guess I talked to him later. I said, did you just have comparative religion? He goes, yeah, semester, I said, I thought. And, yep. And he's like, he went through it and he stopped. He's pretty smug. Brother Cox, bless his heart. <laughs> I couldn't do this to you anyway. It's Brother Cox. This is him. He just looked at him and he says, I don't know anything about all that junk. I'm going to tell you about Jesus. <laughs> the boy just looked at him and said, do you want to hear? And he looked at the girl. She goes, like, hey. He goes, yeah, we do, actually. <laughs> Simple, clear language. Talk to them plainly. But that. Be honest. Don't pretend to know what you don't know. And please, and I'm not joking with this next statement, for your safety and theirs, I'm not joking with that, don't try to play counselor. Well, my marriage, I'm kind of stay out of it, stay out of it, stay out of it. And again, I say, stay out of it. Don't mess with stuff like that if you're not qualified, and you're, and if you are, try to stay away from it anyway. Because what they need is the person named Jesus Christ. Then, not only the personal of responsibility and then the personal of the person to whom we're speaking, but also the person of whom we're speaking. And that's Jesus Christ. It's said there, you shall be witnesses unto me. There's a verse that had a very literal, physical fulfilling to it. Jesus said, and I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. The literal physical time, the, 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 the main point of when that happened, because the language is even used the same, lifted up. He was lifted up from the earth, hanging upon the cross, suspended between God and man, one mediator between God and man, Jesus Christ. And he was lifted up. And the clear preaching and teaching of that cross has had a drawing power for all these yes, sir. Yes, sir. many, many years. But we can lift Him up also. And it's not through eloquence of speech, command of vocabulary, capacity of logic and persuasion. Let me tell you how we best lift Jesus Christ up. And I really am becoming convinced the only way we truly lift Him up is if we just tell the plain facts biblically about who He is, why He came, what He did, 
the fact that He's coming back again, what He gave His life for, who He is in truth, the things that almost every person in this room, if not every person, knows. You don't have to have a theological dissertation. You don't have to be able to put all the doctrines of the Bible together. But I would say anybody sitting in the Sunday night service, you know who Jesus is. That He's God in the flesh. God in the form of man come to this earth. You would know why He came. You know He came to seek and to save that which was lost. You know He came because we were lost and we had to have a Savior. You know what He accomplished. You can tell them some things about the crucifixion. You can tell the fact that He rose again with power and He's not in the grave anymore. You can tell the fact He's coming back again. You know that you can put your faith in Him. And so what I'm telling you is that we have the very best, and like I said, I'm becoming persuaded only, thing that will truly lift Jesus Christ up. I watch sometimes, and this I'll grant you the fact that uh, uh, that this is uh, part of this is just observation, and so I can't say to you as if it were a direct verse I'm quoting and such, and so I understand it's subjective to a strong degree. This is so I give you that, but it happens and happens and happens. I was I'm talking to somebody and the countenance is different, and you don't know. People, some people when they think hard, they, they look kind of angry and some, you know, you can't read it for sure. But I know time and again, when the conversation goes and they've won their soul, and I can actually be talking to them. And I just start talking about Jesus and who he is. And I just start in plain language, and I interweave and interlace verses as I go. And you'll learn to do that more and more as you do it more and more. One thing about soul winning, it drives you to learn because you run into all kinds of things you don't know what to do with. And so I interweave verses. I give the Word of God, but I'm talking conversationally to somebody. And here's how I watch happen over and over again. When I'm talking to people, there's a change in the countenance. If they've gotten to that point, they start softening. They pay attention. Sometimes they'll lean forward into it. Why? Because if Christ be lifted up, He will draw all the answer. All I've got to do is not try to impress them with me, not try to rattle through something that I think that they need to hear, but just personally talk to that person about the most wonderful person they'll ever meet, Jesus Christ. God wants us to take Soul winning very personally. And personal soul winning is exactly that. It is personal. Jesus said, I'm sending you out. He said, I've got all power. I, Jesus said, I have all power. He said, when, I get, when you got saved, He said, I'm going to come live inside of you. At that point when He was saying it, He, he had told them that another comforter would come. They'd dwell inside of us in, in, the, uh, in the person of the Holy Spirit. And He says, now because I have all power, He says, go ye therefore. And he says, here's what you're going to do. You're going to be witnesses. Okay? I'm a witness. I'm, a, I, 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 I'm, I'm speaking about something I know or something I can give a testimony to. What am I speaking about? He said, me. Me. I'm glad as a young Christian when I didn't know any verses or anything that I came across, let's go soul winning, my brother house, and I took that little booklet and it helped me and I wrote some things in the New Testament so that I would be coherent in what I was doing. But that was the starting point. I'm not there for a plan. I'm there to talk to them about Christ. The purpose of a plan 
is to present the person. It's to help us. But I'm there to talk to them about a person. Let me pray with you. Father, thank you for your words. Thank you for the personal of personal soul. God, thank you that we can enjoy being a witness for you. God, thank you that you can use every personality type that sits in front of me tonight. Those who naturally go up and talk to people, those who don't feel comfortable doing it, Lord, all of them, I'm glad. I really am, Lord. I thank you for it. I pray that you'll help them find the holy boldness to dare to ask you to open doors for them so that they can be witnesses unto you. And may those fears and circles of influence that we have in our lives be affected by us towards you. God, help us to be a people aware of the opportunity and willing to tell others about you. Lord, you've given us such good news. We have such good tidings. Lord, help us to use them well, please. Amen. Let's stand together. Hey, come tonight. Will you give yourself for personal soul winning? Why don't you come?